The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the QB Factory Reboot brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. We're recording on Tuesday, so happy Tuesday, another victorious Tuesday. It's December 7th, and the Philadelphia Eagles now sit at 6-7 and seven after they defeated the New York Jets on the road 33-18. to 18. So thank goodness the Birds won this game because we had talked about if they lost this game, we did not know what we were going to do. So thank goodness they won this game and that it was not a win that was led by Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts was out with an ankle injury. So backup quarterback Gardner Minshew started this game, his very first start for the birds. So we have a lot to discuss. Is there a QB controversy going oh, no. on in Philly? Well, don't go there. We oh, got no. We got to get into, no. we got to ride the wave. We're recapping week 13, this victory over the Jets. We're going to talk about what's going on, the surface, you know, the brewing QB controversy, if that even really exists. And we're going to discuss what we saw from Gardner Minshew. We're going to discuss what we saw from Zach Wilson. And then we're going to look ahead to the future and discuss if the birds really have a chance of making a playoff, making a playoff. So we're going to get right into it. Don't forget to rate, leave a, re- uh, leave a written review, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media at BGN underscore radio on Twitter and Bleeding Green Insta on Instagram. But I'm your host, Rachel Prevet, and I'm joined by my amazing co-host, the one and only QB expert, Mark Schofield. What's up, Mark? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, Rachel. This is a very excited to be here. Um, a little windy last night. Kind of kept me <laughs> up. I'm... I'm, I'm I'm working through my second C4 of the day. And I'm also very tired because not only was it a late night because we had the New England Patriots playing on Monday Night Football. And then after that, my wife and I watched our favorite new Christmas holiday special, which is a very boy band Christmas, which ABC debuted on Monday night. We recorded it. You had Bobby Brown, uh, Joy Fatone, Nick Lachey, Drew Lachey. Like you got, I didn't realize there were four members of O-Town. Only one of them. Do you remember O Town? No. There, there was like I forget the guy's name. I think he ended up getting indicted or something. But a guy that like just like created boy bands. He like manufactured another boy band, O Town, from Orlando. And only one guy appeared for this this special, and it made us wonder what's more depressing: if you're the one guy from O Town that did this special, or if you're one of the three that like didn't do it. Like you're, you're the one of, that did it. Yeah, I kind of think that way too. Um, so we were up late watching that, and I had to get up early. 
because those of you that are listening to this probably know I do a series on Twitter called Three Throws, where I break down three throws from a quarterback. I had to do one for Mac Jones titled All Three Throws because on Monday night, Mac Jones threw just three passes. And I had to break all three of them down. Now, two of them, I mean, one of them was in an incompletion. I mean, that, but we got into the weeds on that one. So I'm a little tired, um, yeah. but we rolled through it. And yeah. it's good that I'm tired because that leads us to my song lyric of the day, yeah. which is from Zach Brown Band titled okay. Close. Okay. And th- there's a reason for this. And I'm going to sort of edit it and I'm going to sort of, you know, give a radio edit version here. But I got my toes in the water, butt in the sand, not a worry of the world, cold beer in my hand. Life is good today. Life is good today. Because that's the thought about being on vacation. The Eagles are going on a bye week. We're going on a bye week. We will be off next week. Yep. It's time to rest up for our potential playoff drive. And so we can put our butts in the sand, drink a Corona or whatever you like to drink on the beach, and kick back for a week. How about that? I like that. Mentally, I'm at the beach. I like that, even though it's freezing here, you know. We're not going to yeah. talk about that. It's 32 degrees at the bus stop this morning. And, and yes. my, my bumble, my, my Rudolph and Abominable Snowman, like, blew over in the middle of the night. I had to oh, no. the board was out in the sport and, like, trying to, like, get them propped yeah. up. Yeah. The Abominable Snowman's bigger than her. But that was kind of fun. Oh, man. <laughs> but, we're, I mean, we're going to get right into it. I have song lyrics as well. And I also have to make sure that it's PG because this yep. is a family show. It's a family um, show. I, it's a family show. I chose lyrics from, from my... Uh, from Till I Collapse by Eminem. Oh, yeah. And he says, this is your moment and every single minute you spend trying to hold on to it because you may never get it again. So while you're in it, try to get as much bleep as you can. There you so, go. Very fitting for Minshew Mania. That's what I told man. Mustachio man. We're going to ride the stash. You know, we're going to talk about all the good stuff, but he had a really good, impressive first start for yep. the Birds. This was his moment, and you can definitely tell that he took full advantage of this moment. He completely bought out. Um, I think that this was a really good first impression, and he did exactly what he had to do. We, as the backup quarterback, you know, he stepped in against a bad team, and he did his thing. You know, he bought out. He was very, very accurate. So. He took advantage of this opportunity because this is his time. This was like his interview. This was like his time to shine while Jalen Hurst was out with his injury. So now, you know, we have to talk about it. What's going to come from this? So I think we just start there. Yeah. I mean, I think we do just start there. I mean, he played very well. Like he made some decisions that were very good in the moment. Um, He made some reads that were very good. The arm had some moments, like he had a, a throw where he had to sort of roll to his left in a scramble joint. He hit Quez on a cross route, which was a very difficult throw, but he did a very good job sort of mechanically, the shoulders, the hips, and all that. Um, the two touchdowns to Goddard, like one, the first one was a better throw. The second one, he kind of, you know, underthrew it a bit, so Goddard had to slow up, but I think he was that wide open that mm-hmm. you just want to make sure you put it on him. Like, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to wildly overthrow it. You don't want to, like, wildly underthrow it. Um, but I thought, like you said, he did his job. He did his job well. This mm-hmm. is the job of the backup quarterback, right? Starter goes down. You come in. You don't screw things up. You don't mess things up. Now, obviously, the bigger question is this. Do we have a quarterback controversy? Like, uh, and, and I wrote on Sunday after the second touchdown pass that, oh, boy, sports producers in the greater Philadelphia area are the happiest people on yes. earth right now. Because normally you get a bye week and it's like, what are we going to talk about for two weeks now? Oh, we're now on. We get a quarterback controversy. To yes. Now, I, I'll I'll go first. I don't think so. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think we have a quarterback controversy. I, I still mm-hmm. think it's Jalen Hurts because, you know, Gardner has some limitations with his arm, and I think mm-hmm. we sort of saw that. I think, yeah, he, he sees the field better right now than Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts, but you might expect that. He's a bit more experienced of a quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think Jalen Hurts is a more dynamic player, and he offers more broad-based athleticism, ability in the run game, ability to be you know a weapon with his legs. But I, that's just me. Where are you on it? I have been very torn, but I am going to say that I don't think it's a quarterback controversy either. And I wanted to pull out a tweet from Michael Kiss. I just was talking to him oh, this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I got to use this for the show, Kiss. Yeah. I got to use it. He tweeted out this morning at 9, 12 a.m. It said, Eagles fans are so paranoid about a QB controversy that they preemptively created a fake QB controversy just so that they could just so that they could get indignant about not being a real about there not being a real QB controversy. And I think that that was perfect. What he said, I think that was perfect because it kind of just gives us something to get over to overreact about. You know, it gives us something to talk about right now. But Nick Sirianni already came out and said, like, you know, when Jalen Hurts is healthy, he's still our guy. I think that this performance definitely lit some fire underneath Jalen Hurts' tail. Like, all right, you know, you got to step up because you had an ugly performance against the Giants. So when you come back from your injury, you can't have a poor performance against Washington or, you know, the Giants again, because then it's really like, do we bench him? But I don't think that this sole performance from Gardner Minshew is the end-all, be-all. I don't think this sole performance from Gardner Minshew should determine if he gets to start over Jalen Hurst moving forward if Jalen Hurst was named starter, if he's the guy. Um, So, yeah. And And a question that I kept raising in my head, and, you know, you can go either way with this, it was against the Jets. So it was kind of like, yeah, this is a really, really phenomenal performance. He finished 20 of 25 for 242 yards with two touchdowns, zero interceptions. And I think in the first uh, half alone, he was 14 of 15 for 188 yards with two touchdowns. And we haven't really seen too much from Jalen Hurts in regards to throwing the ball. So, right. of course, it looked like, whoa, whoa, like we don't, we don't have this. But at the end of the day, can he do this against a tougher opponent too? So maybe if, you know, we come down to the scenario where Jalen Hurst does get benched because he's playing poor, is Gardner Minshew going to be able to do the same thing, have a perfect stat line against a tougher opponent because it's the Jets? Yeah, I mean, I I think that sort of context is critical because it's the Jets. You know, if Gardner had gone out and done this against like Dallas or if he had done it, you know, even last week, you know, against the Giants, I think you'd have more of an argument that, okay, like the offense, at least in the passing game, is more efficient and effective with Gardner Minshew versus Jalen Hurts. And so do you make a change or do you say, well, the other stuff that Jalen Hurts offers, run game, athleticism, outweighs what Gardner does for us in the passing game? I think it's an easier argument to make. I think Sinita right now, this is a Jets team that has given up some bad, you know, some big passing performances to other quarterbacks. So I, I think that context is absolutely critical. And I also think it's, it is important to remember that like it, it's one game. Mm-hmm. Like I know that in this sport, like nothing is promised, nothing is guaranteed. And so you have to sort of keep your job, earn it, keep it and all that stuff. 
but Sirianni came out and said, look, you know, Jalen Hurts is still our guy. I don't think this this one game against an inferior defense that has struggled this year is enough to just say, all right, you know what, we're, we're making a change. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, it at least gives the organization confidence that, to your point, if Hurts struggles after the bye, if he struggles down the stretch, if he's ineffective in one game, they could feel comfortable that, look, we're going to go, we're going to bring Gardner in yeah. and we can run our passing game through him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think this is a, a good thing. Mm-hmm. In, in this in this game today, you have to have, I think, my personal opinion, you have to have two good quarterbacks. You have to have a quarterback that can run your – and we're going to talk about Washington in a second. They're another example of it. You have to have a backup quarterback that can be effective and keep your team alive if mm-hmm. the starter goes down. So you need two quarterbacks. The Eagles look like they have two quarterbacks right now, yes. which I think is a very good thing. I don't think it's a, a cause for controversy or, or panic or anything. I agree. You want to be, like you said, you want to be able to be confident in your team. So I think the Eagles are in a good place in knowing that we already know how the remainder of the offense is with Jalen Hurts, you know, how they're in sync. But with Gardner Minshew, they were, if not more in sync. That's a good feeling to know that the remainder of the team can work with Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew because the offense, like Dallas Goddard, we already saw, like he came in and just completely bought out in the yep. first half of the game. I think the first two uh, touchdowns were to yep. Dallas Goddard. So seeing how in sync Gardner Minshew was with Dallas Goddard after we had seen he didn't get many targets the week before, and then seeing Miles Sanders before his injury happened, he was getting a lot of carries too. So it made me feel good. I couldn't even be bitter because at the end of the day, like, yes, I do like Jalen Hurts, but knowing that you have a backup quarterback who you can be confident in when it comes to the offense that he's going to um, excel if you know if he's going knowing that he's going to succeed at the end of the day that should be a good thing it shouldn't be like let's let's start drama right and I always I always think it's good when a team has multiple pathways to win a game right yeah like look we just saw the New England Patriots run the ball like 50 times like mm-hmm. they had one pathway to win that game and, and they threaded that needle and hats off to them but when you can throw the ball when you can run the ball when you can do things differently give yourself a diff- couple of different ways to win a football game i think that's important now you know maybe the counterweight to that is okay well with Gardner, it's more of a passing game with hurts it's yeah. more of a run game like how do you mend the two and maybe that's something that they're going to have to figure out down the stretch right. here and into next season particularly if they as i think you and i would agree go forward with Jalen hurts as the starter for 2022 mm-hmm. they'll have to figure out okay when we get to a situation where Jalen has to throw the ball can we win those games or is it going to be more like the Giants game from two weeks ago? But I think they have multiple pathways to win games right now, which mm-hmm. is a very good thing. And of, of course, again, look, it, it was against the Jets. We get that, but you have to play the team that's in front of you. You play to win the games. Herm Edwards, we all know that. And they, they did their job. Remember, this could have been a lot different. Yeah. If, if, if Hertz plays and they lose, or if Gardner plays and they lose, it's a panic situation. Now, look, you're back. You're still in the playoff mix, which mm-hmm. is a, a, where you want to be in December. Now you've got your body, get healthy, and you've got an opportunity to sort of go down the stretch, again, with a very favorable schedule like we've talked about, and do what you need to do to get in. I also wanted to mention, I appreciate you bringing out the throws like that weren't like his best. He had a lot of good throws. I, I yeah. took down, I have a lot of good throws that he made, but I didn't want to be that person. Like there, there was a throw that you mentioned to Dallas Goddard that was a little bit like, it was a little bit behind. It wasn't on target because right. Dallas Goddard had to stop. He kind of yeah. had to like wait for it. Um, so yes, while like 
the box score, if you look at it, just like the numbers, he only had five incompletions, but all of his throws weren't perfect. He had a throw to Quez Watkins that you mentioned as well that wasn't like perfect. So he's not like the best quarterback out there either. He still has areas that he needs to improve on too. I didn't want to be the one to bring that up. Yeah. But the fact that you brought it up, it was like, I noticed that as well. So yeah, I mean, okay. Gardner, Gardner played well. It wasn't a perfect performance. It, yeah. it wasn't a performance where you're like, well, that, look, there's no question. This is the guy. I, yeah. You know, the, the, I think he's very much a, you know, West Coast air raid type of guy who sees the field well. A, and as somebody that's like talked to Gardner, I I love him from a, like yeah. a personal perspective. Like, you know, I'll, quick senior bowl story from a couple of years ago when he was down there. Like I asked him a question about what is it about you know, the air raid offense under Mike Leach that makes him ready to play in the NFL. And he looked at me, he's like, I'm working through five progression reads, full field, left to right, right to left on every single snap. Now, a lot of these pro style quarterbacks, they're not doing that. I am. And he literally, Rachelle, hit me with the air quotes. Yeah. At that point, like he could have said whatever he wanted after that. I was like, look, this guy's awesome. I love him. Yeah. I mean, Kiss and I loved this guy for years. And we were disappointed that the Eagles didn't draft him to back up once back in the day because we thought mm -hmm. for that offense, he was going to be a perfect fit. Uh, I think he's he's got it from sort of that mental working through stuff sort of spectrum and standpoint. Mm -hmm. I, I think the arm talent, It's he doesn't have an overpowering like arm. He's not going to blow you away with velocity and things like that the Goddard second touchdown, some of the other throws, like, yeah, it's not elite arm talent. And so for his first start on the road against, yes, an inferior opponent, I thought it was a good performance, but it wasn't, you know, like you said, something where you're like, all right, look, let's shut it down. Um, mm -hmm. We got our guy. We'll trade Jalen Hurts to, you know, another team. We'll uh, we'll draft, you know, three non-quarterbacks in the first yeah. round. Like, I don't think it's that, but it's a very good win. It's a very good performance from him, a solid performance. And, Look, to see him with his dad after the game. Yes, like, that was like, nice. Like, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of the stuff that you love about this sport. Like, it clearly yeah. meant a lot to him. Mm -hmm. And we talked about Minshew a couple of weeks ago when they were in the locker room after a win, and he was like, he's clearly become part of this team, yeah. which is also something special when you see a trader get played, traded like midseason. So a good performance. It's not the like, all right, we're done here. We got our guy kind of performance that, you know, maybe some people think it is. I don't think so. As a fan. How do we expect like fans not to like overreact because he's hot right now? Well, that's that's just the sort of problem with this Sport. entire industry. It, it's yeah. sports in general is you no. Know, I've I've used this expression before. Like as somebody that grew up a Boston Red Sox fan, and you know, went before they had you know won World Series and stuff. Um, you know, they they don't play a you know a 162 game season. They play 162 one game seasons up in Boston. Yeah with the Red Sox because they'll play a game and you spend the next 12 hours overreacting to it. And then you get to do it all again uh, yeah. the next night. It's similar with football and football is very much set up. Like, you know, part of the thing that we're going on a tangent here, my friend, mm -hmm. but part of the thing that I think made game of Thrones, like a cultural phenomenon or like lost is the fact that it wasn't binge worthy. They didn't just drop the entire season all at once. You mm -hmm. had an episode on Sunday night and you had a week to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Football is the same way. You get a game Sunday or Monday night or whatever, and you got a week to talk about everything. Yeah. And, you know, that's what happens. We get, we're, we're prisoners of the moment. And so it's easy to look at Gardner and see the passing game be effective and think, this is the fix. Like, this is what this offense is missing. I'm missing a quarterback that can throw the ball like this. But then you have to sort of step back and realize the opponent, the situation, like, really look at the performance. And yes, it was good. 
but mm-hmm. it wasn't like a blow it out the park kind of situation and sort of take a step back. That's hard to do. You know, the sort of like, take a step back. Let's look at everything. Let's look at the context. You know, that's hard to do. Yes. We live in a 280 character world. I mean, everything happens in the moment. Like mm-hmm. we all fire off the tweets during the game and you know, <laughs> we write articles during the game. Like sometimes articles like breaking down a first quarter performance and, and they, they're sort of expired mm-hmm. by like 345 Eastern on Sunday afternoon because something else has changed in the game. It's mm-hmm. hard to do. Um, but I think we have to sort of do that. We have to sort of take a step back and realize it was good. Wasn't mm-hmm. great. Wasn't the greatest game ever played by a quarterback. They've got a bye week to figure it out. Nick Sirianni said that Jalen Hurts is still the starter. He did add the qualifier when healthy, so he gave himself some yes. wiggle room there. Yes. But, yeah, I think we take him at his word. As long as Jalen Hurts is healthy, he's the guy. Yeah. But I'm not even going to lie. Like, this has been exciting, like, giving us, like you said, going into a bye week, yep. giving us something to talk about. But at the same time, it's like, don't overreact. Stay calm. Yeah. We have that has been sort of the underlying theme and motto of this show. Like, don't overreact. Like, we we try to come here every Tuesday and just remind everybody it's not worth overreacting. Now, if we get to a playoff game or something like that, then look, all bets are off. We're going to wildly overreact in the moment. Right. But for now, we got to sort of stay calm. Still in the hunt. hunt. (laughs) Like, once we see the Eagles drop off that little graphic they show at the end of every game, right? The teams that are in the playoffs are still in the hunt. When they drop off that graphic, we start talking about, you know, can you pick it in his fake slide against Wake Forest or, mm-hmm. you know, Carson Strong or Matt Corral, Malik Willis. When we start going down the draft road and stuff like that, and then we can wildly overreact. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200, or two million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And I don't want to stay on this too long. I did want to touch on Zach Wilson a little bit. It was exciting in the first half. It was kind of like a shootout going on. Yeah. Both first drives like were really, really exciting. 
uh, Zach Wilson looked pretty good in the second half, of course, like the defense was kind of able to like slow them down, but he finished 23 of 38 for 226 yards with two touchdowns in one interception. And I wanted to mention that uh, BOG had tweeted this out. It says Zach Wilson has been the worst starting quarterback in the NFL this year. But his first two drives against the Eagles, he went seven of eight for 50 yards with one touchdown, zero interception, and one rushing touchdown and a 132.3 passer rating. So this was like an impressive first start for him. It was exciting to see from, you know, the rookie because we know what has gone down with him with the injuries in these yep. last few games. So when they were going back and forth, I was like so into it. It was exciting football to watch. Yeah, you felt like you were watching like a Big 12 game, right? Like yeah. you're just like scoring touchdown after touchdown. You know, I thought Zach Wilson played fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's shown some progress over the course of the season because early in the year, he was somebody that was definitely sort of getting flustered back there. He was speeding himself up mentally. He was cutting drops in the pocket short because he's worried about, you know, if he's going to get hit or he's worried about protection not holding up. I think that offense, you know, Mike LaFleur – has mm-hmm. sort of settled into designs and schemes and plays that work for him. They're figuring out how to get Elijah Moore involved, who's an incredibly talented receiver. I mean, I think looking at the Jets from afar, I think the future is bright. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think they were really hurt by – they were decimated by injuries up front on yeah. both sides of the ball. They lose Carl Lawson, their defensive end, so that's really hurt them. They lose Makai Becton, their monstrous left tackle. And so that certainly, like, hurt them this year, no pun intended. But I think Wilson has gotten better. He's gotten better as the season has gone on. There's a lot of stuff he has to clean up. Like mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff he has to clean up mechanically from a decision-making standpoint. But I think he played fairly well, all things considered, before, like you said, in the second half, the Eagles defense sort of started to wear on them. But I think if you're a Jets fan, I think you're somewhat heartened to say, okay, look, he, he's not a bust. We don't have to panic. Like mm-hmm. We can build around this kid and develop him. We don't have to go back in on the quarterback market again this season. And now we look forward to after the bye. So we get the bye week, which is much needed because the Eagles suffer from a lot of injuries this past week. Um, You know, Jalen Hurts has the ankle injury right now. Miles Sanders got, you know, hurt during the end of this game. So a lot of injuries. They definitely need this week. But after the bye week, we face Washington. And Washington is like on a four-game winning streak. They've been looking – Pretty, pretty good. They defeated the Bucks, the Panthers, the Seahawks, and the Raiders. So, I mean, the Bucks and the Raiders are definitely like a red it's flag. A good team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eye opening performance for sure. And I mean, Taylor Heineken is doing what he has to do. He's impressing, you know, he's being impressive leading them to these victories. Yeah. They just came off of their win over the Raiders. Um, and in that game, Tyler. Taylor Heineke finished 23 of 30 for 196 yards with two touchdowns and an interception. They have some threats for sure that, you know, Antonio Gibson, uh, Scary Terry. Yeah. He's definitely a very good. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, this Washington team, they have their bye week, right? Mm -hmm. They're two and six going into their bye after losing to the Broncos on the road. And you're thinking, pack it up, pack it in, right? Like, You and I are both in the D.C. area. You and I both know this is not a sports town. This is a Washington football team. Yeah. Like, through and through. Like, I remember my favorite Washington football team story of all time. When I was going through the bar exam process and all that stuff back in, like, 2002, they Mm -hmm. beat the Rams to get to, like, think, three and six or something like that. And the next Monday morning, they were talking about playoffs. They were talking about playoffs. 
a three and six. Like this is yeah. a football team, Washington football team town. So you're thinking, look, they're done and dusted. They're going to go all in on a quarterback. It's Matt Corral. It's Kenny Pickett. They're going to move on from Taylor Heineke. Ron Rivera, to his credit, mm-hmm. they come out of the bye. They went four straight. They yes. beat Tom Brady. They have given Tom Brady the Buccaneers some trouble over the past two seasons, right? Because that wild card game when Heineke played, yep. and that was a close game. That was a fun game to watch. Look, then you go on the road to Carolina and mm-hmm. you beat Carolina in Cam's first game back yep. at Carolina. Like that, that was a big environment. You beat Seattle on an mm-hmm. ugly game, but you find a way to win that one. You find a way to win against the Raiders on the road. Yep. Like they found ways to win. Heineke, I don't know. I, I, I've done a lot of radio in this area recently, and I keep getting asked, is Heineke going to be the long-term guy? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think he's more the Gardner Minshew, like, backup guy that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's nice to have because you need a good backup. But it's hard to ignore the fact that this team somehow responds to him in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. I mean, you saw it in the playoffs last year. You saw it this year. He's certainly not the most talented, doesn't have the greatest arm. He can be a threat with his legs. He makes pretty good decisions with the football for the most part. He finds ways to make plays. He will keep plays alive and, and you know, convert third downs with his legs if he needs to. The team responds to him. This is a dangerous football team now. Now, yeah. now thankfully, look, they get Dallas this week. So that they yeah. might be coming off of that game. Things could look a little bit Not different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Things could look a little bit different come two weeks from now. But you, you always say that phrase, right? The team nobody wants to play. Mm-hmm. Washington right now, this very week, might be that team. Now, yes. that's where the Eagles have two weeks to sort of get ready for it. But right mm-hmm. now, Washington might be that team in the NFC. Yeah. And like you said, they they play the Cowboys this week. They yeah, play? they get the Cowboys at home. So we'll see what that looks like. I mean, the, the thing that scares Sunday. me about Washington, perhaps more so than their offense, is their defense has started to play a little bit better. Like yes. early in the year, they had Landon Collins, who's a safety. They were using him more as your traditional two-high, single-high safety. They've really sort of moved him into more of a hybrid linebacker role, really just sort of dropped him down into the box, and that's allowed their defense in the secondary to play mm-hmm. a lot better. Up front, it's a very talented front. Now, they've had some injuries, of course, but this is a very talented front. They have a lot of draft picks, early draft picks, right, in that front of their defense. You look at you know guys like Deron Payne, a first-rounder, Jonathan Allen, a first-rounder. They added Jameen Davis from Kentucky, a linebacker, another first-rounder. Now, look, Chase Young is on IR. That's another first-rounder, but he's right. not hurt, obviously. But they've made a ton of investments into that defensive yeah. front. And they're getting Shaka Tony, who was a seventh-round pick. He got some first-round buzz before his final season at Penn State. He's made some huge contributions for them in the wake of Chase Young's injury. So this is a defense that is figuring it out, an yeah. offense that has sort of found a way to make plays with mm-hmm. Taylor Heineke in the passing game, and a team that seems to be gelling out of their bye week into December, which is something you never want to see as an upcoming opponent of that team. Yes, it is. They are suffering from a lot of injuries, like you mentioned, Chase Young, and another player who they who's been holding them down, uh, Logan Thomas, their yeah. tight end. But now he's injured. They're trying to figure out what it is. I don't think it was a yeah. That was a scary looking play because he's coming to come a block across the formation, and Yannick Nagakwe kind of almost reverse cut blocks him. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you usually see offensive players cut block defensive players, but he's trying to avoid the block and he goes low on him. And it's a lower body injury. They were worried about an ACL, but they seem to have avoided that. So, yes. Yeah, we'll see. Obviously, he has a week to sort of rest yep. up. So that's good from Washington's perspective. But yeah, it's a dangerous team. Again, it could look wildly different two weeks from now. But right, right. now, it's one of those teams I don't think they want to play them. 
and nah. So we definitely need this week to recover to rest yeah. up because that's gonna. I'm scared for that team a little bit, yeah. you know. Yeah, no and plus when you see Jason Kelsey sort of pobble it off late in the game, yeah. like who's so critical to a lot of what they do in the run game and the passing yeah. game, like bye weeks, you know, when the schedules were announced and I saw that both Philly and New England had that late week 14 bye, latest in league history, right? It's mm-hmm. like, man, they're, they're, that's not good. Like they're going to suffer through that. That could really be a problem. In a way, it's working, I think, for both teams because yeah. you get this late bye, you get that opportunity late in the season when everybody else has already had their bye. And they're still nobody's 100% at this time anyway, but yeah. you have that opportunity to take advantage of it. I think that could bode well for both of those teams down the stretch. Yeah. So I do want to make like predictions. So we have after the bye, we have uh, against Washington, then we have against the Giants again, against Washington again, and then we have the Cowboys. Do you honestly think it's possible to win all four of those games? Absolutely. And these are huge division games. Yeah. I absolutely think it's possible to win all four. I mean, mm-hmm. this is sort of the scenario we talked about earlier, right? Where schedule is so favorable. Now, what might make it a bit tougher is now that week 18 game, right? Yeah. Where a couple weeks ago, it looked like Dallas, they might already be locked in. Now, maybe they're still already locked into a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So maybe they would rest some people because it, it does, right now, it doesn't look like they're going to catch Arizona for the one. They're mm-hmm. still sort of alive for it. You know, I think if they were locked into the bye, they would probably play some players because you don't want two weeks off. So I don't know. I mean, that Dallas game and what they're playing for in week 18 might decide how easy it is to sort of run the table here. Now, if the NFC East is on the line, which depends on how games break, it could be, then yeah, they're going to want to, you know, win the division so they can get the first round home playoff game at least. And so, but yeah, I think... You'd agree, right? These are all winnable games, whether yeah. they do it or not remains. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're I winnable, right? It. I do believe that they're all winnable games. The two, because I think we're going to beat the Giants the second time we see them for yeah. sure. But the Cowboys are still definitely like a area of concern in yeah. Washington, seeing how they are. Maybe we win one, we lose one. Well, I think it's possible to happen. Yeah. And you get the two Washington games, like you know, right around the same time, yes. basically, like. You know, that's tough to think that you're going to sort of sweep those. Yeah. Um. So so that will be a tricky thing to sort of navigate. Now, you know, I'm sure they'll try to find a way to do it, obviously. For sure. That will be tricky. Are they winnable games? Yeah. But yeah. we thought the Giants game was a winnable game. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> they get this bye week to rest and hopefully they come back stronger yeah. after it. Because we need we need as many wins as we can get. So we're going to be back after that. We're going to take a, a break next week. You know, hopefully you guys get to enjoy your break, your bye yeah. week as well. And stress free football is fun, friend. Stress free. I like football that. is fun. I like that. So, and we'll be back after that to talk about hopefully some more positive Eagles football. But don't forget to rate. Don't forget to leave a written review. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media. And also us individually on social media. And do you have any last words, Mark? The, the time is running out where I'm going to stop asking nicely for everybody to follow Rachel. I'm, I'm starting to get angry here. <laughs> I know it's a holiday season. I shouldn't be angry, but I'm, I'm starting to get a little frustrated. Please follow her. Um, and go Eagles. Go Eagles. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.